0: So there are a ton of things that are really great about msu denver online it's affordable it's a rigorous academic online program and the content at msu denver online is taught by professors who also bring the real world into the classroom a lot of your teachers at msu denver online i know this because i took a class there last summer a lot of them actually work in the fields that they're teaching so they have awesome real world experience that filters into the classroom and it's a great networking opportunity as well also msu denver online has been doing the online education thing forever they've totally mastered it and in a day and age when online education is really the only option we've got they are a great option no matter if you're a first-time freshman no matter if you're just trying to finish up your degree maybe go back to school for a second degree check out their entire course list online msudenver.edu backslash online
1: (laughs) <laughs> da, da, na, na,
3: na, na. Oh, here we go! There it is. Look, we got a little, we got a little music. excitement! Thursday, everybody, get excited!
1: <laughs> Let's
3: go! What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNBA, DNBR Nugget show. <laughs> Thursday edition. It's guys, rough got one, sleep. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough week, man. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things going on. I'm your host Adam Matez. I'm joined by esteemed colleagues today. I'm very excited. Everybody's in like a great mood. Um, very, very excited about that. We got D Line parentheses there. <laughs> What's
2: up, guys? Couldn't be in a better mood. Uh, why, why are we in a good mood? <laughs> I was gonna say, you be in a better mood. I don't feel like I'm in that great of a mood. I don't, it feels like a little bit of a misnomer. Your intro, but all the same, what's up, dude? Let's you make it happen.
3: Know what it is? I just drank coffee, and like you're always like, coffee gives you that like hit.
2: Hype. Adrenaline, little, yeah. It's like, mm. like it's an upper. Like, here it is. Like, I have no idea. Drugs. What I was, like, Drugs. I, I, yeah. That's what it is. Start good stuff. No match for Dutch
3: brothers. Over here we've got a Justin
2: Timberlake quote. Uh, oh,
1: we a little JT going on. I'm not talking
2: about the handsome one. I'm talking, of course, about Brendan Vote. Nice,
1: um, nice studio there today, Adam. You're
0: killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good, isn't it? yeah big, big Guantanamo vibes. <laughs> Let me out. Uh,
3: and then of course the man with the wind behind a hat. It's Harrison.
0: Uh, I saw some breaking news right before we uh, just got on here.
3: I hate that. Okay, what is it? The NBA
0: aims to have arena suites open to fans at 25 to 50% capacity for the regular season tip off. What? Obviously, in accordance with uh, state guidelines. My question is can we pool enough money for a DNBR suite? Yes. Yes. At Fall Arena? I think we could do do it.
3: You know what, though? That tells me this is actually big news. We should talk about that. But first, I'm going to have to introduce our, our guest, guys, because I want to get his, him, him in on this one as well. Um, So we're going to introduce you. might know him around Reddit. You might know him around Nuggets Twitter. Gaining in popularity. He's done some analytics work for the Utah Jazz. We'll have him talk to us about that. It's Bronco Squatch, a.k.a. Jake Coin. Did I get that right?
4: Yeah, totally. I'm excited to be here, guys. How are we?
2: Uh, we're good. Let's but go. Guys, welcome, guys. welcome, man. <laughs>
1: We're
0: distracted this
2: week,
1: you know.
0: Our
2: our, yeah, know. our crowd's the best. What is their
0: deal? The, the crowd's watching a lot of different things, like we're on the screen, the
4: elections on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, they, so, they were so shocked to see me here; it took a second for it to register. Probably, <laughs> yeah. so.
1: they thought it yeah. never
4: happened.
3: Give us a, as we get started here, just kind of familiarize yourself. Um, people on Reddit have been clamoring for you to be on the show. We've been wanting it's to have clamoring. you
0: for a little bit. They have is it. Did I use that word wrong? Sometimes I use it. No, it's a good verb. No, no, I, 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 I like it. Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, give us a little backstory on you because I know you've worked in the NBA. I know you're very well versed in, in NBA analytics. Um, a Nuggets guy, even though you're in Utah. Is this is this correct?
4: This is right. Grew up in Denver. Currently in Utah. So, uh, but up? yeah. I think I think people on Reddit and Twitter like to see me because maybe my takes are so grounded, and I try and back it up with a lot of facts. But but I'm prone to some I'm prone to some bad takes every now and then, which I'm sure we'll get to later. everybody, but, uh,
3: everybody has bad takes. Though this is the thing, man. That's a, this, this, this is the thing. So bad many. Is, there's so many. T- if you're yeah. gonna have to fire off, t- especially if you do what we do, and we're on every single day, you're gonna be wrong sometimes. You just have to. Mm-hmm. That's human nature. Yeah, you could try to be for right sure.
2: still, you know?
3: <laughs> Eric, you're never right. I don't think you. I mean, can do you remember when you've ever been right about
2: something? Don't don't make me invoke this. Don't make me invoke this. I single handedly called the ascension of Jamal Murray into the playoffs. Oh, no single handedly. No, <laughs> no, no no analyst was bold enough to make this claim. I put it on wax, and the wax became true.
0: Okay. Well, we are we are right about most things that go on around the Denver Nuggets, but everything else throughout the league, everybody's always wrong. Yeah, sure. That's so true.
3: Um, but uh, go ahead. But yeah,
4: I was just going to say, I haven't done any analytics work for the Jazz, but I am employed oh. by them in the media side of things. Okay. Um, but currently I do analytics work. Uh, one of my projects right now is with a guy named Colin Montague. He's the analytics guy for the uh, Sacramento Kings. And we're working on a statistical model that can kind of help them figure out how to build their G League team. Um, that's Ooh. about as deep. That's about as deep as I can go into that mm-hmm. one. And then another project right now, I'm working with a guy named Zach Knowlton. He won the open division at the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. I,
3: I know Zach. I, I know Zach. I've actually uh, met him a couple times, had dinner with.
4: He's Oh yeah, yo, yeah, he's great. He was actually in Colorado. Band, he was living right. there. <laughs> but yeah. Just, so uh, yeah.
0: Just don't try to crowdsource the the Kings draft pick with with your guy in Sacramento.
4: I, that that, that oh. won't work. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if they took my opinion <laughs> that seriously. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. And so I'm working with Zach and we're doing uh, a project with a company that's in Chicago that can kind of do tracking data for college sports. It's some really cool stuff. So oh, that's cool. nice.
3: Well, we're excited to have you on because we have a lot of topics today. We're gonna play. I'm very excited about it. every now and then we think of a game, and I get really excited about the uh, the game, and I'm excited for that one. But we're gonna couch it first. I want to go back to Harrison's report here, or Harrison reporting on a report about the NBA now. Oh, so suites will be open. Which kind of makes sense. Sweets are kind yeah. of divided. like you know, there's a little They're
2: bit of, 100% divided. No, nah,
3: they're mm-hmm. not 100% divided. Like, if you remember at Pepsi Center, you can go right up to the walls of the two suites and be you like... Mean, you know what
2: you divide things with is you, a wall.
3: You, well, maybe I'm going to put a little plastic piece or something. Yeah,
0: if
2: if Target you know, can find some plastic
0: <laughs> put up between every checkout counter, I think Arena can put up some plastic <laughs> between the suites.
3: Okay. Okay. But it's <laughs> going to allow some people in. This tells me a couple different things. One thing it tells me is that the uh, is that there's a good chance media will be there. If they're going to allow those, you know, people inside of the arena, I'm guessing that media will be allowed because you can very easily social distance the media uh, inside. But having at least some fans here, um, at least there'll be a little bit of crowd noise. Like, can the people in the boxes generate enough crowd noise that it's not awkward?
4: Yeah. Go ahead, Squatch. So so no. Oh, I was going to say, well, let's hope that it's not just the people in the in the uh, suites. Maybe they can pipe in some crowd noise along with them or something. So.
2: Yeah, man. And the other thing that uh, if you watch NFL games, they have a very, very sparse crowd, but people are still able to generate enough noise to make it feel like it's not empty. And you got the reverberations, the acoustics of a closed arena. Yeah. Make this happen.
0: There could be some crowd noise at Ball Arena because our guy, uh, CEO of Western Union, maybe like the best courtside Nuggets fan, will probably be in a box. And that guy is freaking loud. That guy's a great fan. <laughs> uh, maybe number two to Eric uh, of all of Ball <laughs> Arena's fans. My instant reaction was this is potentially a bunch of money for the league. So like maybe the NBA doesn't have to resort to uh, gambling money and uh, liquor money and any other vices that they want to tap into. This could be a big stream of income.
3: Um, I, In my experience, it's never um, one or the other. If you get the money from the box and you also have this money available for the gambling, I just think you will take both. Especially oh, if sure. You're probably sure. going to lose a lot. So I don't know. Maybe not happen. the prostitution. And, and, yeah. and maybe not the prostitution. They can they avoid to... that now. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. We'll yeah. wait on that one. Um, it is going to be weird, though, because let's be honest, box seats, it's usually a, it's an upper class um yeah. seat so it's going to be this is one of those things where it's like open to corporations and if you there's a lot of corporation suites right i mean that's what the, that's mm-hmm. most of them are so right. um uh, a lot of the, a lot of
0: suites are just rented out like year round like a corporation just has the suite to every single home game yeah, like the same corporation
2: i got to think ball the ball corporation probably will have a corporate suite yeah <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good point
1: yeah. i mean it's true if you if you can only get so many fans in the building then you you play to the rich pace right and you you, you sell the expensive seats so it's a good well, call
3: that's it's that's, that's good news i think it's interesting news um, a little hopeful i guess maybe that things can move towards more and more fans arriving should things should should the um, health situation across the country allow for it later on in the in the season I also want to move on to another thing cuz that that was a curveball that just kind of dropped for us but we talked about this before Bronco Squatch. So I'm really curious chip Bronco's <laughs> yeah,
4: you can call me whatever. <laughs> maybe Jake, what, what maybe Jake you put in that little box, you will get called. Yeah, I, I still call him
3: D-line Co., so it doesn't I mean yeah. the, the reason
4: funny. I use I use these names so much besides my regular name Jake is because nobody's going to remember some tweet That's by true. a guy named Jake this but it's no, very no, true. No <laughs> They'll remember something from Bronco Squatch, you know? Yeah, so. wind isn't even my last name, actually. <laughs>
0: there
3: you go. I'll tell you what, man. If I could go back in time seven years, I 100% would have created a name, a fake name. For my, I don't want anybody to know who I am. How do you think
1: it would have worked, though, when you started the media company that you were like a face of? Do you think <laughs> no, I, people I, would have I figured just, out who you were eventually? Keep going. I,
3: I, for, for the longest time, I thought Vic Lombardi was a, a stage name because that's like the perfect name. It turns out yeah, that's yeah, it's, the, true. it's the, the perfect name. Cool. Um, so I would have been like, I don't know, Johnny Johnny Elway or something like that. Um, so Kendrick Perkins, um, Kendrick Perkins today we have, when he speaks he says something. So to be honest, <laughs> he, so he, said, he says today in a report, to be honest, I think the Lakers are gonna lose Rondo, I really do. I think the Lakers are gonna land Chris Paul. <laughs>
2: wow, so, so, that do. was good. Wasn't huh. That was a good. I was not like you didn't you didn't uh, really approach that with quite the same fervor when you were telling us about it in the pregame like, you, me to, you really went <laughs> you want me to go all in did I was nope. Did you you just did.
1: All in? nope I really want you to move on <laughs> from, from the impression actually <laughs> the
3: long and the short of it is that Kendrick Perkins who is, knows LeBron James pretty well he's kind of LeBron James's guy he says he has 85 he's 85% sure that Chris Paul is going to wind up on the Lakers now Chris Paul has this enormous supermax contract under him I'm going to go to you first. When you hear that, Jake, what, I mean, Chris Paul's a great player. He just had a phenomenal year. What does it make you think when you when you hear this report from Kendrick Perkins, somebody that isn't always right but seems to know about LeBron people?
4: Well, I think from a shallow level, I think Kendrick's doing a great job attracting attention to his show. That's that, for sure. That's yeah. For sure. But I think maybe when he's having his conversations with former players that he knows – maybe he's getting wants confused with actualities because I don't really see a, a real route for the Lakers to be able to to pull off a move like that, just salary-wise even. I think the Thunder would have no reason to want what the Lakers would offer, and I don't think the Lakers really have a package to offer. Uh, so I think in an ideal world, that's cool, you know, Chris Paul, LeBron, but I just don't see it happening right now with with how things look.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because Chris Paul is not going to forfeit that enormous contract. I mean, I don't even—you know—that's not an option. And then, as you mentioned, making the salaries match is almost impossible, yeah. given the talent that they would be sending over to Oklahoma City, who's in great position right now because they don't—they—they they have good players or they have lots of of assets. They don't need to take on bad players. And I don't think Chris Paul is at an age where you can say, "Well, I'm just going to sit out this season. Or, I'm going to do this." Like, no, Chris Paul is. Yeah only got so much left in the tank he's gotta he's gotta make it work that being said sometimes these things get said and you're like this doesn't make any sense there's no way um you know this thing's gonna happen i mean even the anthony davis one it just or or you know all all of these things happen you go no they're not gonna hijack the league and be able they to... They would play. have to
1: include everyone, and then they did,
3: you know? Yeah. <laughs> Except
2: for Kuzma somehow, with, yeah. they insisted on holding on to.
3: <laughs> oh, I know, man. The Fourth Thunder are going to wind Who would be more screwed over? Kuzma having to go to Oklahoma City after being famous for all these years despite not being that interesting or anything, and then all of a sudden go to Oklahoma City where we could completely forget about him. Or Oklahoma City would be like, alright, I guess we have Kuzma now to build off <laughs> of. So this, is, this is what we're left with. He's our star like, scorer here. <laughs> um that'd be,
4: that'd be bad. i think the i think the thunder fans are the big loser Jeez, in that in that so equation true, right man. there <laughs> it's
3: so true man um all right so we won't put too much into that one because i agree with you i think it's um i think it's a little bit ridiculous i do want to talk about i don't know if you knew this jake because i think I, I predate you by quite a bit but i actually got my start in this industry on reddit I don't know if how many people knew this. I, this is my first thing I ever did. Was I won the, uh, some contest that allowed me to go to media day, and then the, like kind of like sparks some things. So I too come, you know, first started out talking to people on Reddit. And now I've, I've I'm over on Twitter much more than I am on Reddit. And I always think that they're like different worlds. Facebook, like every little social media you go to, has a different sort of like vibe to it. So I wanted to hear your take on just like the different. Actually, first let me ask Harrison, how much how much Redditing do you do?
0: I'm on Reddit like almost every day. I feel like, oh. I, I feel like Reddit is is a great gauge of just what Nuggets fans are kind of talking about. It's a great just compilation of, you know, the latest articles written about the team, the you know what people think, fake trades, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, so I, I think it's a, it's a great place. I'm I'm on it like every day, just kind of getting a pulse for what Nuggets fans are thinking. Yeah.
3: What about you, vote?
1: I don't do a ton of NBA Reddit. I'm on Reddit a fair amount, but I don't. It actually isn't for basketball stuff. That's not really like rooted in, in anything I think or know about Nuggets Reddit or anything like that. I just, I just haven't. Mostly because I'm afraid to go to the dark web and read criticisms of us. <laughs> yeah, so that's,
3: that's true. There's nothing worse than when you have like an article. So, if, if there's a criticism, article yeah, really dumb, like, you're like right. seven
1: up votes. You're like, all right, I should retire. <laughs> um,
3: which, so what? what ones are you on?
1: I don't, I mean, I just kind of like check the main page and stuff where people send me links and I hang out there, but I, I don't lurk.
2: I don't lurk the way some of you do.
3: Uh, what about
2: you, uh, D-Line? I never, ever, ever go to Reddit. I don't oh. think they ever go to it. I um, I used to go to Reddit a, a, a little bit. I used to argue with people on Facebook a fair amount uh, <laughs> on uh, in, in NBA and Nugget groups. I'm um, just
0: trying to imagine what, what that is. I
2: know, dude. I used, my, like, all, I used to fight – like uh, several years ago, I just would fight tooth and nail defending the idea of Michael Malone not being an idiot the front office not being incompetent, and the the fact that the the Nuggets were swirling into disaster, yes. And the DMVR Discord is lit. That that's what where... Actually,
3: has become super lit over the last. <laughs> yes. like really Yeah. There's the always the,
0: the conversation going on in, in the, yeah. the DMVR Discord. I
3: think this is true of most like private chats, right? Because you have to be a member to be inside the Discord. So anybody that pays the barrier of entry, like, they naturally sort of weeds out the people that are not yes. vested in the conversations. Like, no, I'm paying for this, so I might as well not dirty the waters. Yeah. By being
2: Absolutely. And well, and well, if you dirty the waters will kick you out. Beat it. Exactly. Yeah. You get out of there. Sorry. Yeah. But sorry, like as soon as I like really discovered Twitter in, in a real way and realized that Twitter is literally just a place where you can just deliver one liner after one liner after yeah, one yeah. liner, I was like, I'm home.
0: This yeah. is my place. But what, what I like about Reddit, it's like kind of a graduation from, remember those like real GM NBA yeah, like message boards that everybody yep. used to be on? NBA Reddit is just kind of a graduation from that. And that was like really the first the first instance of like NBA communities forming. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, I was going to say, I I'm on birding on Reddit. Nobody surprised. <laughs> it's very helpful for helping you identify birds and having great. Computers. I'm sure there's a big, big crossover
0: between NBA Reddit and, and birding Reddit.
3: <laughs> it's all the same people. It really is. It's all the same people. Um, all right. So Jake, those are our experiences here. I want to hear your experiences. You're just moving over to Twitter. So you're a little bit more of a, a noob over there, but what is, I want you to hear you compare the two communities in your experience. Nuggets Reddit, yeah. Nuggets
4: Twitter. Yeah, so I think kind of like what D-Line was saying, Twitter is is really good for one-liners. You can just put out a thought, yeah. short and sweet or short and not sweet, and I think the difference is on Reddit there's like a lot of room for you to be able to to discuss like in depth a lot of yeah. really cool things. And I think on Twitter, you know, you're more likely to get a tweet that'll just say uh, why didn't he play Michael Porter? Malone should be gone. But then on on Reddit, you can get a little deeper into even the bad takes. And I think it's a lot, it's a lot better for uh, education of yourself as a Nuggets fan, because I think you can really get into good discussions. Uh, but I think Twitter is great, too. I think Twitter is where you can get news and you can discuss things with people in a really simple way. So I think they're both great for Nuggets communities and – I'm uh, just really glad that we all have places to to talk. Do you
1: think Jake that one is more, um, for lack of a better word, honest than the other? I am. I, do you do you f- like? I think Twitter is often sort of slanted for like, here's my zing, throw me my likes. Right. But I think dialogue on Reddit can be earnest and sincere. And I also think people will read a long Reddit post if it's good. But more times than not, you have a long thread and people are like, yeah, I'm not reading that, you know.
4: On Twitter, yeah, I, say. I don't know. I think it's hard. I think it's it's probably pretty even both ways because I think on both platforms you can kind of remain anonymous if you want to. Yeah, you know, totally. Reddit, you just can have a username. On Twitter, you can just have the the basic profile photo, and your username looks like a Russian bot. You know, so I think on both both platforms you can remain anonymous if you really want to, and that kind of opens the door for for. For worse discussion but um there's space on both for good discussion too so
3: the thing with i think with reddit it's easier maybe to find the thing you're looking for like sometimes if you're off twitter for a couple hours during a game and then you go on it's just like you have to scroll for forever and you're like i don't where's that thing i was looking for Whereas <laughs> with reddit you can always go back and be like okay here's the conversation i can find this one or, or what have you um both though i do think you're right and this is one thing we're learning about all social media to me this is the most like important lesson the world is trying is very slowly learning over the last 10 years really in earnest over the last four or five is just how much both and all social media platforms like completely um like confuse reality because you've cultivated them right you've called them into like this is the thing i want to find on my twitter timeline and like i'm only hearing this take how come this thing is happening that i've never heard of it's like well it's because i didn't realize how insulated i've become and so and the same thing i go think goes for reddit like oh we're in this community we all kind of want the same thing to happen so the people saying something else are just completely erased from the conversation um sometimes like reddit does that thing if you get downvoted too much it just completely disappears that famous example on this with reddit was eg who doesn't let's be honest doesn't always have the greatest delivery of his uh you know of his takes but he was early to the Jokic thing wasn't allowed to say it because everybody just downvoted him into oblivion or whatever so these things happen with social media where I think it's it's very, very hard to have um, to like not get the blinders on. The more you're and this is the thing about what we were talking before, the more followers you get, the more difficult that becomes because you have to deal with all of the crazy and you're just like, God, I don't wanna log on to Twitter today, I'm just gonna get yelled at by everyone. The Lakers series, my god, it was that tough on the psyche, like people just nonstop telling me to kill myself and I'm like, I don't I don't know, I'm just saying I like the nuggets, guys. Sorry. <laughs>
2: you couldn't listen even once the funny thing my favorite part about uh social media criticisms just in general though is like we're just like oh god just all of these uh," like and and really what we're talking about is just people like we just don't like people we just don't like hearing what people have to say because all you know social media is just allowing you to hear people and that's what we don't like we're not interested in hearing people
4: (laughs) yeah i think like i think that social media has just become like such a a regular part of like everything we do. And it's just, it's crazy that we can have all these people that we don't know and, and there goes Adam, but (laughs) that these people can, uh, Adam just got doxxed that these people that we don't even know, but we have a common goal. Like Adam was saying, you know, we all want to see the nuggets win that we can kind of get behind that and, and have good discussion about it. It is important to, for me
1: anyway, I mean, it doesn't necessarily take me out of my bubble, but we do, we used to do stiffs night out. We do watch parties at DMVR. Of course we have the bar now and there's something grounding for me about putting a face to these accounts. You know what I mean? That are just in my, in my sort of um, sort of circles and echo chambers here. Um, and, And yeah, to just remember that there are sort of like real people out there. Also interesting how the conversation is very, very, very different at the bar. We're usually very respectful, very interested in each other's opinions. Some of those same people would like gladly tear me to shreds on Twitter for saying the same thing. So <laughs> it's like it's a good experience for me to make sure this isn't just strictly online, because then it would be really disingenuous for us to say that we have any sort of connection to the fan base or thumb on the fan base. Because that, that that extends far beyond uh, Nugget's Twitter.
3: Most people are not on social media. Or yeah. they just haven't found, you know, like... You know what? I don't know what I have. Twelve thousand people, you know, following me on Twitter. You know, all, whatever the numbers are, people that listen to the podcast or watch the shows or this or that, like that makes up the tiny fraction of actual Nuggets fans. So the representation you get is always like
2: skewed. Um, right. You guys see my, do- my dog nesting in my hot dog costume. <laughs> Jake, where do you think
3: you see more bad takes? Well, you not even <clears throat> talk about Facebook, which is funny because you have to actually put your name to Facebook and yet people still will throw like even the worst takes on Facebook. But um, let's throw that one out. Twitter and Reddit, where do you think you see the worst takes, lowest level? Not average, where, just the worst one.
4: Where I see them is probably Reddit. But I think part of that might just be because it's easier to, yeah. to see what everybody's saying. Yeah. You know, on Twitter, there's people that you don't follow and they don't. Inter- interact with you and you never know what they say true but on twitter but reddit- you can
0: also throw something out there and it will just be gone you know yep. if you throw it out there at noon on a tuesday it'll just be gone in an hour you know nobody's gonna relitigate it
4: yeah so i think both platforms really can have their bad takes and they both can have their good takes but i think reddit is definitely where. Sometimes I'll get on and I'll read things and I'm just like I gotta close this app for a little while. <laughs> so
0: So it's been a stressful week for a lot of us. There's a lot of anxiety going on around the world. I know I've picked up some Breck Brews this week. If you're looking to pick up some, check out the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale from Breck Brew. They're latest and greatest. You can't miss it if you walk by it in your local liquor store. It's got that blue Broncos can with the orange old school Broncos logo. It's an awesome design and it's a great beer too the broncos country hoppy pale ale from breck brew also check out the breck brew farmhouse they're open for dine in at least right now Uh, obviously a limited capacity social distancing Uh, they've got all the guidelines there they're super good about that stuff but you can also pick up the broncos country hoppy pale ale from there you can get it from your local liquor store uh, wherever Breck Brew is stocked. And also, guys, the season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding. So, head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app with so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports. This is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the app store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring. They are ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet. And DraftKings covers with risk-free Sunday betting. This weekend, the Broncos are taking on the Atlanta Falcons. So get in on all the action now. Tons of awesome bets in the NFL. You can do parlays. You can do player props. You can do team props. The underdog parlays. I've got to highly recommend those. Those pay off mighty well. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code RAINBOW when you sign up and get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, you bet and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code RAINBOW during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700.
3: All right, well, let's start talking some nuggets again here, but we're going to do it through the lens of Reddit. We have created a very exciting game here. Let me get my drum roll. Do I still have a drum roll? Very exciting game we've
1: created call. Up Vote, Down Vote. <laughs> yeah!
3: This is where Jake is going to give us a take, a, de- <laughs> uh, a Denver Nuggets cake. I got, Harris, I know, I'm i hearing that my volume could go lower. I'm just getting closer to my mic. This, The program, the software we use, it just sucks at leveling <laughs> up. Um, but we're, what we're going to do here is, um, Jake, I want you to give us a take. You hear about the Nuggets, and we're going to determine whether we upvote that or downvote it, and then we'll form the conversation for us. So give us – you run into a lot of – Good and bad takes. Let's hear what. Let's hear a common take you're you're hearing.
4: Well, let's start a little lighthearted, guys. What okay. about this take? Juancho Hernan Gomez will be a better movie star than he is a basketball player. I downvote this. <laughs> I, downvote
1: it.
3: I downvote it so so fast. This is a downvote for me.
1: <clears throat> yeah, because you love Juancho as a basketball player,
3: right? Eric, do you mute yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, you're still off. Yep, he did. I kind I, of like am I muted now? Yeah, oh. I know
2: yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to upload that. I, I think Wancho's, uh, like, his animal magnetism is enough. He's, I feel like he's going to jump off the screen, and it, he was never able to even jump off the bench in uh, Denver. So <laughs> I like
3: that your argument here is that um, it's not because he's a bad basketball player, but
2: because he's going to be a great Oh, he's going he's to be a <laughs> – yeah, I mean, give me a break. He's going to – just uh, – I don't know. Matt, he's got that Spanish thing going. He's got, he's got, a, I, I just Spanish can't wait thing. to see it. Yeah, that he is, is a Spanish, Spanish. person. I know, but he, he, <laughs> but he is Spanish. That's He like carries it through. <laughs> like he's, a, he's got a smoldering eye. Like,
0: uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see how Wancho plays the bad boy. Oh. Cause I can't see it. I mean, just knowing him, I just, I just can't see it. Like the guy when he was in Denver couldn't go like 10 seconds without smiling and yeah. just like cracking or complimenting someone.
1: Yeah, but now now nice.
0: he's trying to play the basketball prospect from a troubled past. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how he fills that role. You, still, uh, we need to know are you upvoting it or downvoting it? I'm downvoting it. Also oh, because so, I'm a big Juancho believer. Oh, we're, in, in, we're one in the type of player
1: he is.
3: One down to vote, three up votes. Okay, that's a net 2. This is a <laughs> if I read I, it dude, right.
1: I'm all in on this because oh, I'm going to be real. Zero. I'm not I wasn't Going to see a lot of Wancho Ernan Gomez on, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just wasn't really going to pop up on my radar day to day. But if he's a movie star, that means more Wancho in my life. Ooh, uh, more Wancho in everyone's life. Ucho, Wancho, and, uh, All
3: right,
1: Jake, you know, give us the answer here. Deserves a W.
4: Oh, that's a – it's a downvote for me, man. Oh, oh All right. Right. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, – here's the
3: thing, though. Because I don't think that player um, success happens in a vacuum. I think it has a lot to do with circumstance, and one of those circumstances is that he's on an organization that's pretty crappy right now, unfortunately. So he's going to have to make mm-hmm. himself into a good player, likely in Minnesota. And I don't know that that certainly hurts. Well, him he's to off me. to a
1: good start by skipping training camp to hang out with <laughs> Adam <ever>. Smith. <laughs> Yeah, he's time. really just gotta put his foot down.
3: He's getting his start, his movie start with Adam Sandler, who like never cuts people out. Like once you're in, you're in. So that's right. Yeah. That's
4: a great yeah.
1: that's a great point. Get in on that circle now, man.
3: All right, Jake, give us another one
1: here.
4: All right, guys. This next one's a little bit deeper of a cut, but it's one that I see from multiple people on social media. Uh the Nuggets would be a significantly better offense if they still had Chris Finch on their coaching staff. (laughs) I love this one. All
1: right. This
0: is a down vote for me. This This is a down vote for me. I, I think more of a reason, and I've said this before, more of a reason why the Nuggets offense looks different than it did you know in, in like 2016-17 is because like they didn't have this Jamal Murray guy who's individually just this like incredible offensive talent that just you know ha- ha- is going to take this amount of shots per game and is going to have like you know this many pick and roll possessions per game they didn't have that guy in 2016-17 in, uh, so the feel was just totally different and I feel like that's why the offense looked different.
3: I'm gonna upvote this one. The word "significantly" changes it. If you just said a better offense, I think I upvote this significantly. I don't think coaches make that big of a difference to, like, to do those types of things overall. And you know, I also would put another caveat on this to say that the playoff offense, I think, would would not that would not be true. But regular season, I do think there's something to. He had a very laissez-faire like approach to the game, and I think it actually works in the regular season. This idea of like. The execution is maybe not as important as the spacing and the spots that you are on. I think he's very good at that. But when he left, Millsap arrived, Gary Harris became terrible, and other things happened. That I th- And Danilo Gallinari was gone, who was a very good stretch four. Some other things happened at the exact same time that made it seem, I think, like this was a one-to-one ratio and it was not.
1: I think we all get excited when we've learned an assistant coach's name and can ascribe any sort of characteristic to them. Because... We don't really know with these guys. Um, So few of us have any insight onto, onto, like it is true that the offense was better when Chris Finch was here. And it is also true that maybe the most successful year in new Orleans with the cousin Davis pairing was with Finch there, despite them not having guards or wings and proper spacing. But like how many of us who feel this way could actually articulate what Finch's vision is, why it's better and like what he did well in Denver. I just think we have correlation there may yeah. be causation, but yeah. I think a lot of us are assuming it. Um, and I don't think any of us really know what kind of an impact Chris Finch has. So I am going to downvote it. Is this mic better, by the way? Is it louder? Mm-hmm. Much better. It
3: is? It's oh, hey, we know, maybe we did fix, fix something here. What do you know? Uh, Eric, what are you, where are you going?
2: I'm going to downvote it, man. I feel like Chris Finch came in and sort of like laid the groundwork that we should run things through Jokic, but I don't know how much more you can uh, really uh, improve upon that just general notion. Yeah. Um you know, it's like at a certain point, um, people are supposed to cut and move and, and do things sort of inherently on their own that they sometimes do, they sometimes don't. Uh, I feel like his laissez-faire attitude, as you say, jives very well with the one Nikola Jokic, so that probably was a, a, a nice kismet there. Um, but it's like you say, I mean, um, you know, I mean, how much do the do the coaches, like, really matter when you get down to the, to the business of putting the ball in the basket? I mean, you sort of, like, set – Set the, the overall stage, but then, you know, they so
0: also not... had the fifth best offense in the league. This year. <laughs> yeah, that's they that's right. <laughs> had the
3: fourth. <laughs> they had the fourth
1: best in the league <laughs> yeah. in 2017 when Chris Finch was here. <laughs> it's
3: my favorite. Yeah, all right,
1: Jake. And what, then what they do you... made the Western Conference final. so it's think, fi- it's it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah.
3: Jake, what it's do you fine. think
1: on this? I'm one.
4: down vote. I'm down voting this one with you guys. I just think coaches are important but i don't think on a day-to-day basis throughout a regular season you know it's not like chris finch was installing a new offense that could beat every team uniquely right you know he was probably part of installing that offense for him but i don't think it was it was him that made it so good i think it was the personnel and i think it was them playing a little quicker back then for sure and and things like that so
3: I think the, the other thing about, like, Gary, for example, teams start going under on the handoff with him. I mean, just a little bit more scouting of, like, oh, wow, this Jokic guy. He was so different. You know, teams guarding him in those first few years just like it's a complete surprise. <laughs> After a while, you're like, okay, this is the thing that makes him 5% worse. So you start to do some of that stuff and make things more difficult. So yeah. um, I think that's So we, where do we get out with that?
2: So Harrison was up. Adam was down. Down. So we, and No, that, I'm, I'm Down. down. Are we, oh, are we 100% down on that? I,
3: I am. I want the record to show that I was up with several one, two, caveats, three. one of them being that I think this was much more of a very minor change in a regular season. Playoffs, <laughs> you just start running yeah. the things you're supposed to be running and executing the way you're supposed to be executing.
0: And... That's, that's a minus three. Sorry. Three and a half. The, the, the thing about the team in 2016-17, just the talent level was so much less overall than it is now. Mm like Jameer Nelson was the starting point guard, you know, p- perfect for what they needed at the time. But, I love um,
3: Jameer, man. I love Jameer. Moody was
0: the backup. You
3: know, have, uh, Jamal, Jamal
0: Murray was playing shooting guard. Uh, so.
3: That's true. All right, give us – that was a really good one. I like that one. Yeah, what that what was else you one. got?
4: All right, guys, this one, this one could be heavily debated. Oh, so if – assuming that they both stay healthy, fully healthy, and they both achieve their full potential – you should keep Bull Bull instead of Michael Porter Jr.
3: Ooh. Wow, man, this
1: is a year coming. I can fire assume here. they both stay healthy.
4: Yeah, Yeah, so full health mm. and they both hit that that ceiling <coughs> that they each have. <laughs> it's this tough because impossible. Michael Porter
3: Jr. ceiling is like Michael Porter, but he figures the game out. I think that's what that means, which I don't maybe that's not his ceiling. Maybe he's just like what's not bull bowl
4: ceiling? Of- Will Chamberlain <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh man, I like this one. So what does an upvote mean? You're in favor of which one? So upvote
4: means you're keeping Bull. Downvote means you're keeping MPJ.
3: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go downvote here. I'm gonna go downvote. I don't. But again, this is a lot about what the ceiling means. Because to me, I think the ceiling for MPJ means he figures out how to play what I would call the right way, which is I think maybe a long shot. I don't know. And I think with Bull, Bull, I just don't know if physically he's gonna ever. A lot of those tall guys just get pushed. I don't know, man. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go upvote. I'm, I'm the MPJ oh. one.
4: Down, down vote is MPJ. So you, so you are yeah, down. down, <laughs> down, down, down vote. Now you understand why
2: we're having so much problem with these elections.
3: Like no can... <laughs> I accidentally voted for Wolves. What the
2: hell? <laughs> <laughs> vote? Uh, yeah.
1: Stop. vote? Um, down vote. Down vote. I, I just think if MPJ figures it out, as Adam said, the Nuggets are going to play in the finals one day. Um, he's just too good. I mean, yeah. there's a million reasons why he doesn't. He might not get there, but if I can assume health, I think t- the talent level just wins out.
2: Yeah, that, that, for me, that's a big down vote. Like um, Michael Porter Junior. is can actually abuse people physically too. Like he's he he has like a strong body that's getting bigger and stronger, and I don't ever see uh, ball being a physical presence other than his just. He, How tall he is! Like he
3: averages six blocks per thirty six. minutes. No, I know, anyway. but I'm talking about like
2: I'm, I'm talking about like being able to keep people out of the paint, keep them away from yeah. their spots, like not just it having to true. close out and get a get a block uh, and and you know like a help side thing. So uh, MPJ to me is just more. I mean, obviously he's much more of a prototypical NBA player. Um, I love Bull's potential, but if you're talking, I mean, MPJ could be he could be Kevin Durant. So
3: okay. Uh, down, down, Harrison? down. Harrison, give us yours real quick.
0: Man, am I crazy for thinking bowl ceiling is just, like, something we've never even seen before in the NBA? Like, maybe we, we don't even know what his ceiling is. Like, he could be a four-man next to Yoke who blocks four shots a game, is a 40% three-point shooter, uh, <laughs> runs the floor, can pass, can yeah. Like... We've never seen a guy like him. I I don't think he's nearly as likely to reach his ceiling as MPJ. I don't think that's close. MPJ is much more likely. But, um, I mean, his ceiling is like – that is a player that is
4: like one of the more unique players ever.
3: All right, Jake.
0: What I might go up.
3: up. What's your answer here?
4: I'm going down vote, guys. I think – Michael Porter, he has all the physical tools to be a really great defender, and he just hasn't put it together yet. But I think on the defensive end, he just has a lot more of the physical tools to be really good than Bull does. Uh, and I also think Michael Porter just has a natural nose for the rebound. That yeah. dude can grab rebounds like out. like crazy, and I just think that that's something you can't teach, and that's something that, that's super important. So.
3: I think so too. I think I like Harrison's way. He broke it down. Is that MPJ kind of has this like floor already of like he's really useful because he shoots, he's mobile, he does all stuff. Bowl is harder because it just feels like a lot of things have to happen. I mean, he might there's a good chance he just is always pushed around by strong players. Like Derek Favors might always just push him under the basket and dunk on him. I mean, that just they're physically anatomically that might be like his ceiling. So I don't know. All right, you got one more for us?
4: Yeah, let's do. One last quick one, guys. This has to do with one of the most controversial guys on the Nuggets. Upvote or downvote, the Nuggets would would not have been able to come back from 3-1 twice if Michael Malone was not their coach.
1: Ooh. Mm. Oh, I love That's this question. Yeah, but there's dude,
4: two I'm
3: negatives in, in here, so again, I have to be explained what upvote So So upvote means... Up vote, <laughs> up
4: vote means <laughs> Upvote means they needed Coach Malone in order to pull this off. Downvote means doesn't matter what the coach is. They could have come back from 3-1 twice.
1: All right, vote. You guys know where I'm at on this one. Um, I'm all in on, on Malone's impact in this arena. In this particular arena, I think these players play hard for him. They trust him. They respect him. And this play for each other thing that was a media day line four years ago is arguably the identity of this team now. And to me, that's props to Michael you mm-hmm. D-Line? Yeah.
2: Big upvote. Um, with the one caveat being it's a good possibility they would not have been down 3-1 each time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a great one. Harrison,
3: where are you at on this one?
0: I'm upvote. You needed the perfect combination of things to come back from 3-1 twice. You needed, like, the play on the court, but you needed the belief. You needed the buy-in, and, and Malone was, was the hub of that for sure. He was the catalyst of that.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm upvote too. I think I, In addition to that, I think tactically, like, he made a bunch of really good adjustments. I think he's a good playoff coach. I mean, some of the things with Malone, I think he's, you know, obviously stubborn. I think he even tells you that. He thinks that's his weakness as well. Those, those things sometimes bear out in the, like, Michael Porter Jr. situation or the Nurkic-Jokic combos or, you know, some of the, some of that kind of stuff. But I think that, one, culturally, this team was built to be able to overcome adversity, and that was through years of him being the head coach. And then, two, I think he coaches maybe too often during the regular season like a playoff coach, but when you get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and you actually have a guy who's thinking about a lot of these tactical adjustments that works in your favor, and he, he I mean, certainly outcoached Doc Rivers. And I even think down the stretch of the Utah series, you know, Early on you thought like, okay, maybe this is gonna but he made a bunch of adjustments and, and I thought Denver once they got their footing, they just looked like an awesome team in all of in both of the series. What do yeah. you think, Jake?
4: Yeah, I'm an to upvote here, guys. I think Coach Malone has been awesome for the Nuggets as far as their toughness and their attitude. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little critical of him. Like if I were to
2: No, you have
4: to say that, I want yeah. yeah, if I were to say I wanted uh an out of bounds play drawn up. You know, Coach Malone would be pretty far down the list of head coaches. Yeah. I think he kind of struggles with, with some of the X's and O's, but he's just phenomenal when it comes to the locker room and and really building up the team. So I don't think they could have done that without him.
3: I, man, that was a fantastic segment. Those were fantastic questions. Those are good, man. <laughs> I, upvote, I upvote that segment and I up, double upvote the uh, the questions. Man, that was that was fantastic. Um, what we,
2: what are, do we upvote or we downvote the graphic? Yeah, I, well, actually, you know what? I downvoted. You went with Bronco colors here? Yeah, Those really are the colors downvoted. from the top. Those are the Reddit colors. Those are oh. Reddit colors, Adam. Oh, okay.
0: I like thought you got your
1: media career start <laughs> on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember
0: color. All right, guys. So this weekend on WGT, World Golf Tour, the official gaming partner of DNVR, starting this Friday, November 6th, through Sunday, November 8th, we are hosting the election open at Congressional... All country clubs can participate, and better yet, anyone can win. All you have to do is join the DNVR 3 Country Club. So download the game, search for the DNVR 3 Country Club, join it, and then you'll automatically be entered. Head to the Congressional Golf Course and enter into the closest to the whole challenge. And then what you got to do is submit your screenshot of your score on our pinned Twitter thread, DNVR Sports, or email them to info at thednvr.com. Submit your screenshot there to either of those places. Once you have entered to win, we will choose a random winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt of their choice and mask. We'll ship it right to you. And again, we'll host a new course every week leading up to Christmas. So winners are picked Monday. You've got nothing to lose. So again, what you have to do is download WGT Today, World Golf Tour, the official gaming partner here at DNVR. Join the DNVR Three Country Club, head to the Congressional Course, and do that closest to the pin challenge, and then submit your screenshot to info at thednvr.com, or you can reply to it on our pin tweet at our DNVR underscore sports account. Also, Strava Craft Coffee continues to hook up the DNVR community. Remember, you guys can get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and twenty percent off any product you are subscribing to when you use the code DNVR twenty. Uh, CBD is like the next wave right now. A bunch of pro athletes are getting into sponsorships and partnership deals with CBD companies. Clay Thompson has partnered with a CBD company. Stravacraft Coffee's been doing the CBD coffee thing forever. Uh, they've mastered it. It's so good. It's it's addicting and it feels good when you drink it too. Of course, CBD has been known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, relieve some stress, aches, and pains. You guys can get a subscription to Strava Craft Coffee. Get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and 20% off any product you are subscribing to with the code DMVR20.
3: Um, okay, the topic of a today, line. We're, we're the final topic here today, guys. Zach Lowe did a season pr- uh, primer today um, and he talked about a bunch of teams in the NBA. But of course, two of the big names, when we talk about trades, the trade market, the two biggest names that repeatedly get brought up are Bradley Beal and Drew Holiday. We spent a lot of time talking about Drew Holiday recently. Bradley Beal was mentioned specifically in in Zach Lowe's um, article as somebody that Denver will probably continue to have conversations about, and maybe could be a fit there. But unlike Drew Holiday, where we talk about maybe you know maybe they can get him without Michael Porter. I I don't know if that's true of a guy like Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal, he's really good. He's in his prime. You know, there's years on his contract, two years left, plus a $37 million player option, so there's a good chance that there's three years left for him. Um, Jake, what do you think about th- that situation, Bradley Beal coming to Denver if it were at the cost of a Michael Porter Jr.? Let's just start there. <clears throat>
4: Yeah, well, I think first off, it would definitely cost Michael Porter Jr., especially after Bradley Beal signed that extension. Yeah. So he's under contract for a little while. His value is just going to be through the roof. It's going to be crazy. He's in um,
3: some of the best years of his career, oh, yeah. career, what you would expect.
4: Yeah, he's he's incredible, and he's an incredible player, and, and it'll take a lot to get him. Uh, but as far as him coming to Denver, I was actually pro-Bradley Beal so much probably only eight months ago. Okay. And that's because I personally I didn't believe Jamal Murray could as- yeah. ascend to what he did, yeah. and I I said up at he the trade changed. deadline, and they couldn't have traded for Beal at the trade deadline because uh, Jamal Murray had a poison pill contract. Right, right, right. But but I said at the deadline I was like this summer I might trade Jamal Murray for Bradley Beal because right. because Jamal might not ever hit that ceiling, but the Wizards they could take him and he could kind of play next to John Wall. And I just thought that was a perfect trade. But once Jamal really ascended, I kind of saw Bradley Beal as not super important to the Nuggets mm. because he does a lot similar to what Jamal Murray does. Um, they're actually both really good pick and roll players. Uh, the the Bradley Beal Thomas Bryant pick and roll is really good. Um, but yeah, I just kind of look at him and Jamal Murray next to each other. I see guys that are, you know, both six four and under. Uh, I see guys that do a lot similar, and I just think, well, now that Jamal Murray looks how he looks, I, I just don't think you need to make that move. That's such so. a good
1: point, man. I think that's a great take.
3: I think, I mean, you're sunlight. We always do these at noon, and then you just... At noon, it the dude, show. it's the exact
1: 30-minute window. Like, I might just move again. <laughs>
3: Uh, I think not. Not get a curtain move. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that is the only solution.
3: <laughs> it reminds me a little bit in Portland. This is one thing. This feels like a hot take, but I don't think it is. The I, I think that the CJ McCollum, um, Damian Lillard duo. Always just like reaches 80% of its value because there's just that overlap. And it's, you even look at the games, it's so rare that they both go off. Like it's always like, man, CJ carried him because Dame had a down uh. night and Dame had a big game and CJ has. And I just wonder if part of that is just the nature of having two guards that do, even if it's not identical, do similar things. And if that's the way to build your offense. Now, the curveball and all of that is that Jokic is unlike any other big. So maybe it can work in that vein. But I don't know. I just, to me, it seems like that mold might be a little bit tricky to build off of whereas a Michael Porter in theory is a completely different type of offense completely different type of defense even so maybe it works there what do you think wind
0: yeah I think Jake's got a great point with the uh, overlap potential there and I'm also somebody that kind of thought Beal was much more attractive before the Jamal Murray ascension Um, I think you can even make the argument that Holiday is a better fit than uh than bradley beal for that reason and what he brings you defensively in his length um it's just like with mpj you just have the perfect you know balance of you know your backcourt pick and roll guy <laughs> your primary wing scorer and then everything kind of revolving around yoke uh when you have those guys at the one two uh just kind of it teeters the balance a little off kilter i think um but I mean it's tough to imagine many teams stopping the nuggets though <laughs> with Jamal Murray Bradley Beale who averaged 30 freaking points per game last year and you know <laughs> like it would be an unreal offense um they probably wouldn't need Chris Finch to be a top five offense <laughs> <right. laughs> um, but I do think there there is a little overlap there
3: though, yeah. wh- where what would Bradley Beale be on the nuggets first best player second best player third best player I mean, wh-
1: does it matter? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't – probably third because I, I just – Denver has their pecking order already. You know what I mean? And so they're comfortable with it. Maybe that's tongue. important too. And, and so what's – like are you creating more questions than you're answering by adding a guy like Beal? And as Wynn just said, of course, the talent – like you, you, you got better. Like the why it's, why it's an appealing option is there. But um, listening to these guys talk, I mean, I'm all in on the idea that post-Jamal explosion – Drew's a better fit and I really think we've talked on this pod for all offseason like you're trying to figure out how to get Michael Porter Jr. going in this thing anyway so right, do you really yeah, need true. like this all NBA level score um, versus a guy that I think is easier to see as as virtually the perfect third or fourth best player for it's this a good team. point from Brody in the comments it yeah, works for Steph good, and Clay
3: I want to ask Jake that why why can't that be a Steph Clay Draymond offense? Obviously, defense is different, but you know Draymond has a little bit of that. He's he's when he's playing the five, the playmaking five with two guys that can score off him. Um, why can't that work, Jake?
4: Mm. Well, I think Steph and Clay work really well, and part of it's because Steph Curry is Steph Curry, and <laughs> as, as as good as yeah. as good as Jamal and and Bradley Beal are, you know they're not Steph Curry. Um, it's funny but because
3: I, he just shot forty five percent on seven threes, and you look at it, it and you go, "Yeah, Steph did that on ten, like over the course yeah. of an entire season." <laughs> so, yeah, Steph is
4: really—he's really an outlier. Like, he's just such a unique and incredible player. Um, but I think Steph and Clay—they really complement each other really well. Clay, kind of similar to Drew Holiday, can kind of play bigger than he actually is on yeah. defense. Yeah. And I think that's really important on that end of the ball. And that kind of helps them be really good.
1: So well, Clay's also like one of the premier off ball <laughs> threats of all time. Like he doesn't yep. dribble, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, dribble. He's a great mover without the basketball too. Yeah. And I don't know if you really want to reduce either Jamal or Beal to just that, or if that's really what their yeah. bag is necessarily. So I don't know if it's a perfect comp.
4: And I just think also, if you kind of, if you kind of imagine the Nuggets offense, <laughs> Uh, and you imagine a Jokic-Murray pick and roll. And I said, I'm going to put my, one of my better shooters in the corner. Um, if Beal was on the team, you might put Beal there. If he's not, I would put Grant there. And then I would have Michael Porter on the weak side grabbing the offensive rebound. And I think the difference between Grant and Beal in the corner, percentage-wise, is is not big enough to justify giving up Michael Porter Jr. for. It just doesn't make sense to me. So...
3: Are we all out on this? Are we all out on Bradley Beal if it costs Michael
2: Porter? Uh, to, to me, it's like a classic like bird in the hand, two in the bush situation. Like Michael Porter Jr. is the has so much potential. Um, Bradley Beal, we already know that he's an all NBA level player. To me, this is like an absolute This is a move all in move. This is like, and this to me like moves the needle more than Drew Holiday does because he's just. A, he's just a better Ex-
1: except maybe you can add drew holiday without giving up michael Gordon's yeah yeah I, like, I, I right. that's I'm on saying, the table absolutely, I'm, saying
2: like, I'm saying like comp- just contrasting those two moves like why i would sure. be more hesitant to give up uh any like big assets to get to bring in drew holiday versus bradley beale i think bradley beale adds more to the table than mm. to, to what the about, mix Drew holiday what,
3: about, does. what about this one Cause I don't think this is going to happen. This is a hypothetical. Say, Bradley Beal's still on the Wizards, okay? And trade deadline comes around, and now he's back on the table, and Bull Bull has emerged as a legitimate player. He's sort of Life. like, hey, this guy can actually play, and maybe now Jeremy Grant Bol Bull are your front court around Jokic because that, I mean, I'm, again, this is a big hypothetical here. A lot of things have to break, right? But maybe that makes a Michael Porter maybe more expendable, and you think, okay, now we can go in. We got, uh, you know, Bull on a cheap deal. We could probably extend him on a cheap deal because he's on that crappy two-way, so you can maybe get him for a couple years out. you got Jeremy Grant already locked in. You can afford to bring in that other contract now for a couple years. What do you think, Jake, about that scenario? Again, there's a lot of ifs in there, but if Bull Bull looks like he could be your starting four, Grant your starting three, does that make that trade more palatable?
4: Yeah, I think as a front office, you have to constantly be kind of reevaluating everything. You have to, to kind of go month by month or week by week even up to the trade deadline and kind of see where you're at. Um, I do think one of the most important things in that scenario is health. You know, if the Nuggets are nervous about Bull's health, but he looks good, you know, I don't know if you'd want to trade Michael Porter because maybe his health is a little better than <laughs> Bull's, and and maybe you know, right? need both. Um, that's the
2: thing about Bull, Bull. you can never not be concerned about his health. Like say, that's well, I mean, always, same with
4: Michael right, Porter. I mean, that's it's gonna always looming. Always looming. Well, yeah, and I've I've kind of speculated that. You know, Bull signed a two-year two-way contract, and that's a whole other story. But I kind of think it has to do with the Nuggets were worried about his health um, is the reason that he did that. And obviously, the Nuggets know more about both those guys' health than we do. um, But I think that would probably be the factor that would tell you if you could make a move like that. So,
0: Hmm. so I one last thing I got. Um, I'm not sure you could bring back. Jeremy Grant um, without dipping into the tax if you were to trade for Bradley Beal. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're bringing back so much money with that Bradley Beal deal. And this is even factors into the Holiday deal a little bit. There'd be a lot less money if you bring in Holiday Mm -hmm. to get Paul back, to get Mason Plumley back. If you bring in Beal, You're probably going to have to, you know, dip into the tax or or like really play with it if if you want to bring Jeremy Grant back and if you want to bring some of those other guys back as well. So that's another thing that they've got to deal with. Uh,
3: Well, I thought this was a great show. Jake, you were a fantastic guest, man. Those were great questions. Great takes on Beal. This was great all along, man. We'll definitely uh, have you back on before too long uh, to to, to chop it up again. Um, And as an eventful seven weeks are ahead of us, it's funny, like election not quite all the way over but felt like that was like the big thing that was on everybody's mind once this once if and when that gets out of everybody's mind the nba is like here it's it's kind of back we got a draft we got free agency we got training camp that are all happening we count them now by weeks uh, almost days so um jake anything you want to share before you get out of here
4: nah thanks for having me on guys i think it's really going to be an interesting couple months for the nuggets and for the league and and it should be fun to see uh what the nuggets choose to do and what the league chooses to do so. absolutely
3: everybody go give them a follow on twitter if you're into that Indeed. kind of thing at Squatch, you see the handle right there um and everybody else we'll see you guys tomorrow thanks so much for hanging out how do i get out of here again guys you
0: remember how, like <laughs> you
3: end the broadcast or something <laughs> Is that what I, I, hit the end I don't know
0: so we've been partnered with strava craft coffee for a long time i think as long as i've been doing this podcast and i can't recommend them enough they're an awesome company who have been fighting the good fight, CBD coffee, and now everybody's catching on to the CBD game. I'm seeing CBD sparkling water, CBD gummies, CBD everything. Strava craft coffee has been putting CBD in their coffee forever. It's awesome stuff. It's a great product. It can replace actually the coffee that you drink and you guys can subscribe and save 20% with a Strava craft coffee subscription. You get your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and you can get 20% off any product that you are subscribing to. It's an awesome deal. Support Strava Craft Coffee, uh, just like you guys have supported us, and get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and get 20% off any product you're subscribing to. Check them out at StravaCraftCoffee.com.